Look at Willa. She was gone. Only a whiff of her good smell stayed behind. For days I tried to call her back. Willa, Willa, on my pillow. But she was gone, and I cried. I guess Mrs. Skeens did what she did for my own good, but I couldn't stand her after that. Still, I always felt Willa was near me somewhere, just around a corner, or in the shadows at twilight, and someday, if and when I really needed her, she would come to me again. Chapter One I rolled over and opened my eyes, and a sudden thrill went through me. It was like the rush you get in the movies when the cavalry comes charging over the horizon, blowing their bugles to save the settlers. Something wonderful was going to happen today. I could feel it. It was real early on my first day of high school in the fall of 1956. I got up, careful not to wake my half-sister, Phyllis, and tiptoed out into the hall and into the bathroom. Nobody could have heard me, but as soon as I started running water, the whole house came alive. The next thing I knew, Vern, my stepfather, was pounding on the bathroom door, telling me to get a move on. Then Bo and Luther, my half-brothers, who were trying to act like their daddy, did the same thing. I hurried back to the bedroom where Phyllis turned over in our big double bed, mumbled something, and hit the floor. She wandered downstairs where Mama was fixing breakfast for everybody. Mama always did that on the first day of school to show her good intentions. When we were gone, she could go back to sleep, undisturbed, for the first time in three months. I had my school clothes neatly laid out on a chair, a dark plaid dress, with a straight skirt, and black and white saddle oxfords with bobby socks. I slipped a pair of shorts on under my dress because I had absolutely no hips at all, and the shorts rounded me out some. Then I took the bobby pins out of my brown hair and brushed curls around my face, dabbed on a bit of lipstick and compact makeup, and stood back to look at myself in the mirror. I saw no chance of ever being beautiful. First of all, I was too small. I weighed only 95 pounds after a long drink of water, and I was only five feet tall and thick soles. My complexion was kind of sallow, and my eyes pale blue like Mama's. I was plain, and that's all there was to it. I put my perfectly pink lipstick into my genuine plastic pocketbook along with my compact. Then I picked up my five-subject composition notebook and two number two pencils, and I was ready for high school. Downstairs, Mama had made pancakes and sausages. As we sat there, all crowded around the table with the smell of coffee and the clatter of dishes, it was like we were a real family as normal as any other, 
Only I knew better. My own daddy, who was not married to my mama, had gone off to the war in Europe in December 1941 and was never heard from again. Five months after he left, I was born on the top of Ruby Mountain. Then, when I was three years old, Vernon Mullins, a coal miner for the Ruby Valley Coal Company, started courting my mama. Her daddy, my grandpa Lambert, nearly had a fit because he said there had been bad blood between the Lamberts and the Mullinses for a hundred years. No, he didn't remember why, but he knew there was a good reason for it, and if Mama persisted in marrying that no-account Mullins, then she'd better take me and everything she owned, all of which could fit in the...